Peter and John and James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, not Iscariot, the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer. Now you want to get that? Devoted. What does it mean to be devoted to a wife? What does it mean to be devoted to your country? You know, that looks like something. A man devoted to his wife, it doesn't mean that he's with her every single minute of the day, but it certainly looks like something. You know what these early men of the church were devoted to? Prayer together. With the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Here's what it says in Acts 2. They, those early Christians, devoted, and here you have it again, themselves Apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and the prayers. It doesn't just say prayer, singular, with no article. It says the prayers. You know what that refers to? Appointed times of prayer. Now, brethren, the New Testament is full of corporate prayer. You simply cannot read the book of Acts without recognizing that prayer meetings were normative in the early church. Now, brother, I have been here now since January. I've been here for nine months. I see something here that I honestly don't understand. You guys, half the church has conveniently figured out how to absence themselves from the prayer meeting. Scripture says not to forsake the assembly together. It doesn't just say on the Lord's Day. Brethren, <clears throat> listen to this. R.A. Tory. We're too busy to pray. And so we're too busy to have power. Do you know what I recognize? very easy to say, well, we've got little children, so only mom's going to go tonight. Very convenient for dad. Kind of almost a relief. Listen, brethren, I'll tell you this. I have found throughout my life that oftentimes the devil can be whispering in my ear and giving 10,000 reasons why prayer meeting tonight is not a good idea. But I can also tell you this, just like with evangelism, when I walk away from almost every single prayer meeting I've ever been involved with in my entire life. I am glad. I am refreshed. I feel like I feel thankful that I was able to be there. I've heard other Christians speak the same way. <clears throat> Brethren, don't forsake the assembly together of yourself. You want to be prayer you want to be prayerless, you're going to be powerless. Corey says, we have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish little. Many services, few conversions. Much machinery, few results. Listen to Spurgeon. We shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general till the prayer meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. A.T. Pearson, who preached Spurgeon's funeral, he said, there has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. This church, right at this time, you're making decisions. Let me ask you this. And, and you know, 
I'll just say this. Before I was a pastor, I was determined. My whole family's coming to the prayer meeting. Our children were little. To, you know what? If your children can't sit still in a prayer meeting, then go to the book of Proverbs and figure out how to make that happen. Brethren, you say, when our children were in private school, when they were homeschooled, we made every prayer meeting. Whole family, all the children. Brethren, if, if you feel like, well, you know, we have to get up early in the morning, well, then take it to the Lord just like Daniel and his friends who said, feed us that. Don't feed us the king's food. Feed us this food over here and see it in the end if we're not healthier. I would say this. Whatever reason that you're coming up with, now look, I know that there are health issues and I know there can be work issues. You understand, I'm not being legalistic here. I'm just saying this. There's never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. Listen to Spurgeon. The condition of the church may be very accurately gauged by its prayer meetings. I can tell you this. This last Wednesday, two men came. Myself and Tim. If I were to, spirit, if I were to judge the spiritual condition, you'd say, well, there's sickness. I understand. But again, this comes back right to priorities, and this comes back to what I've observed ever since January, not just over the last week. Brethren, this church is not yet thoroughly convinced about its necessity of laying hold on God. I, I believe that. And listen, listen. The condition of the church may be very accurately gauged by its prayer meetings. So is the prayer meeting a grace-o-meter. And from it we may judge of the amount of divine working among a people. If God be near a church, it must be pray. And if he be not there, one of the first tokens of his absence will be slothfulness in prayer. Leonard Ravenhill said, the true man of God is heart sick, grieved at the worldliness of the church, grieved at the toleration of sin in the church, grieved at the prayerlessness in the church. He is disturbed that the corporate prayer meeting of the church no longer pulls down the strongholds of the devil. Spurgeon again says, oh yes, the prayer meeting is the place to meet with the Holy Ghost. And this is the way to get His mighty power. If we would have Him, we must meet in great numbers. We must pray with greater fervency. We must watch with greater earnestness and believe with firmer steadfastness. The prayer meeting is the appointed place for the reception of power. I have a feeling that some of the things that we're asking for as a church have not come yet because God's work in us has to go to the place where there is a desperation for us to really realize how desperately we need Him. Brethren, if you get to the place where you really want to see your charity saved, your father saved, your mother saved, absenting yourself from the prayer meetings is not what you want to do. You want to make it a priority. Listen, I recognize you may have to work Wednesday nights. That, that's understandable. You've got to provide for your families. I understand sickness can take us out. I understand a pregnancy can take us out. I understand those things. But what I'm also watching is even when summer came and there was no more school, you didn't see an increase in the number of people in the prayer meeting. What is happening is because of children, like I say, and, and you know what happens? There's momentum. 
The church begins to figure out reasons that are appropriate for absenting themselves from the prayer meeting, and you know what happens? It, it begins to multiply excuses. Well, you know, half the church doesn't go anyway. Well, we got this. It becomes very easy. Brethren, if you're serious about taking the city of Manchester, if you're serious about revival, if you're serious about seeing changes in this country, listen to Vance Havner, one of Mac Tomlinson's favorites. The thermometer of a church is its prayer meeting. A.W. Tozer, the creeping wilderness will soon take over that church that trusts in its own strength and forgets to watch and pray. John Newton said, I look upon prayer meetings as the most profitable exercises accepting the public preaching in which Christians can engage. They have a direct tendency to kill a worldly trifling spirit and to draw down a divine blessing upon all our concerns, compose differences, and enkindle, at least maintain the flames of divine love amongst brethren. Ravenhill said, This much is sure in all churches. Forgetting party labels, the smallest meeting numerically is the prayer meeting. If weak in prayer, we are weak everywhere. Spurgeon said, if God be here in church, it must pray. And if he be not there, one of the first tokens of his absence will be a slothfulness in prayer. My brethren, if we're really going to pray and be earnest in prayer and keep praying, and if we're going to seek and keep seeking and step it up and have an intensification and we're going to ramp this up and we're going to redouble our effort and we're going to pound on the gates of heaven, brethren, I'm pleading with you. This is a pastoral appeal to you. Our prayer meetings need to be full. Bring your children Teach your children to sit still. My brethren, if God will only persuade you how desperate, how earnest you ought to be. You know what you know the problem is, brethren? Empty prayer meetings mean we're too self-sufficient. We're just we're not seeing the importance of this. And God grant in the name of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ that we repent in these areas where there is repentance needed. The Christ who bids us pray is the one who had great, 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 great expense to himself. He opened the way. Brother, this is not a useless endeavor. He opened the way to the Father for us. And what? Brother, I know this. I can tell you this. I made of the same stuff. If I wasn't pastoring... And there wasn't an expectation that I'd be here. If I had a bunch of little children, and all of a sudden, a Wednesday's coming around, it's been a long day, and it felt like, yeah, let Ruby go and I'll stay home with the kids. I mean, would that be a temptation? That would be a temptation. And then you start seeing a bunch of other people do it. Would that be a greater temptation? That'd be a greater temptation. Listen, brethren, this has to do with prioritization. You say, well, my children go to school in the morning. Yeah, you might be better off coming here, you and your husband, you and your wife, and praying for your children to succeed in this world the way you see those prayers will go. God is able to do in five seconds more than you can do, and this whole church can do in 50 years. Brethren, I just am asking you, I'm making a pastoral appeal to you to live like you really believe that. Brethren, if we need to change the prayer meeting, 
These things are flexible. We need to change the prayer meeting to 6 p.m. rather than to 7 p.m. so that people can be home by 8 p.m. I mean, we can do things like that. We can adjust times. We can adjust nights. We can have two prayer meetings during the week to, to fit everybody's schedules. But I'm just I'm making an appeal here, brethren. I look I know my Bible well enough, and I know from my own pastoring what these men, Tozer, Havner, Ravenhill, A.T. Pearson, Spurgeon, what these guys are saying is true. And scripture will bear it up. And you cannot and do not want to try to redefine New Testament Christianity in the book of Acts as though they didn't come together in united prayer. They did. And when Scripture says not to forsake the assembling together of yourself, you can believe that one of the meetings that Scripture very much is showing us was normative to the New Testament was united prayer. And brethren, I hope you I hope you just heed this. I want your good. I want the good of your families. I want the good of your children. I want the good of this church. I want the good of this city. And I know this. We need to lay hold on God. And empty prayer meetings, what these guys are saying is right. It speaks of, of a lack of health that is not, it's not good.